you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin and Anna. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey through from the Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker, one arc at a time. I'm Calvin. I've seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Anna. I've seen a little bit of Star Wars. And I'm Wyatt, and I want to talk to Anna about the new Star Wars that I can't talk to them about. <sighs> I know, and... I know. Bad batch. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, and we are today... joined today by... Uh, Gabriel, uh, I've seen a pretty decent amount of Star Wars. Hell yeah. Yeah. So we're just, it's ganging up on Anna the episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, fun, 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 fun. Do do you want to talk about your experience with Star Wars? I suppose I can. Give us a background Uh, real quick. Yeah. Uh, So uh, I watched the original trilogy as a child, as everyone else did. Then from there, I went on and watched the prequel movies uh, and then the sequel movies. And then this last year, my roommate... Uh, got me into watching the Clone Wars television series. And from there, I watched Rebels. Uh, I didn't get to Resistance, but right now Either I'm I. watching Bad Batch. And that's super. Yeah, I think, I think when we eventually, way down the line, get to Resistance in the timeline, I think that'll be the only one we all experience all at once, because I've only seen the premiere episode, which I liked. I've... Well, and it was before Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So the streaming situation was highly inaccessible. I like technically could get to it streaming, but it was it was tough and I didn't want to do it as much as like late season rebels after I moved out here where I was like, this is appointment viewing. I'm going to make sure I can see these. But yeah, no, Disney Plus really Disney Plus really is a godsend for this uh, this podcast. It makes everything accessible in high def. Thanks, Calvin, for your for paying for Disney Plus. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, well, uh, yes, you're welcome. I no, it's, it's funny. Make, di- make Disney content accessible. Disney is a capitalist monster. Make Disney content more accessible. My mom's okay. are paying for it, so I'm I'm chilling. Yeah. I have repaid by letting Calvin use my Nintendo online. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am on your Nintendo online, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. I All right, Calvin, what do we got this week? All right. So, this week, we did the Boba Fett Tries to Kill Mace Windu arc. The random couple of episodes where we go back to Mandalore. The episode where Aura Singh tries to kill Padme Amidala and Arc Troopers. One of my favorite episodes in the series. So, let's get into it. Boba Fett. Uh, lethal Death Trap, R2 Come Home, and Lethal Trackdown. I was shook. I was so excited when, because, okay, first of all, it was super weird seeing, like, baby clones, because, okay, yeah, because we've talked about how I think it'd be fun to have, like, a Harry Potter-esque type thing where you get to watch kids growing up in different Star Wars, like, like a kid actually, like, growing up in the Jedi Order, but also, like... Yeah, we, we talked about, like, a Jedi Academy Hogwarts yeah. type thing. Um, but it was kind of like we got a little bit of that, but, like, for the clones, like, we got to see what it's like growing up as a clone. But it was also wild because 
like Gabe and I were talking about this, how like Boba Fett is probably is is as old, if not older, than the full grown clones, right? Because the full grown like Cody and Rex and everybody, they're like 10, 11 years old. And even though Boba is the same size as the little the little clones, um, because he doesn't have the thing to like make him grow faster, he's he's like older. He's like as yeah. old, if not older. Um, which... he's, he's, yeah, he's as old as, sir, he's about as old as the oldest clones, and we can sort of include all the commanders in that. They're, yeah. they're all probably 11 or 12 in, like, Earth years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Boba's still, he's, like, he's hitting puberty, not commanding armies. It's, it was just super weird, um, but it was really cool to see that, like, I don't know. I'm really excited. I was just very excited. I've been looking for Boba Fett. They they had there was a part. Um, this was in R2 Come Home where the Mandalorian mask was blown up, and it was Ooh. like supposed to be um Jango Fett's mask. But I thought that that were yeah no yes, and and I thought that was weird because doesn't Boba end up? I thought Boba was gonna wear it later on. So Mandalorian armor is. The, the metal is really really strong, so it's in two pieces that can easily be smelted back together. Yeah. All right, Anna. Tell me that you're an R2 stan after this. R2 is fucking awesome here. R2 is such a great agent of chaos. Like, one of my favorite things about watching R2 Come Home was watching it with the subtitles on because, like, you could see just, like, there was, like, R2 beeping happily as he's pushing boxes down the shaft onto Boba and Ara, and I'm just like, yes, you king. Be the agent of chaos that you are. Fuck them up. It's, uh And then, like... But also... No, what? What? Go on. No, 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 go on. No, I want to know what you were going to say. No, I just, like, just his little entrance when he was coming into the Jedi Council and he just, like, fell down the stairs and fighting with the other droid. Like, that man has such personality, and I love him for that, and he is... I'm, I'm living. I'm living. I'm living every time R2 is just being a little bitch. Yeah, I don't want to say that I, like, hated all of it and it was terrible. I thought that moment was funny, too, when R2 fell down. I just can't really make myself like him he it's just every time every time he does something it's like it's like a dog right it's like when a dog is in a movie and the dog does like wacky crazy funny stuff and it's like cute and funny and everybody likes it but it's not a dog it's a robot and so i can't be like wow this dog's being super cute or like this dog is solving a mystery or something like you know what I mean? But think about, like, a wacky, like, kids movie, like, a wacky, like, family movie. Um, uh-huh. Or, like, a maybe, like, a mischievous, like, monkey, like but, a lemur or but something. But yet at the same time, when you think of 3PO, you are infatuated with him. Yeah, because 3PO is a person. 3PO is not a... 3PO is a robot as well as R2-D2. They are in the same category. They're not. I know they're both droids. I know they're both droids, but 3PO doesn't try and pretend like he's... Like, he, he he's, he's there for a different reason. Like, the things that make 3PO great are... It's very different from R2. Well, yeah, they're different types of droids. R2 is an astromech, so he's meant for repairs and doing small little stuff like that. Meanwhile, 3PO is human-cyborg relations, so he's a translator and a house droid. They're, I mean, they are different yeah. responsibilities. And I think it's, like, just annoying when it's, like, yeah, like, R2, R2 should be doing his shit. R2, R2 should just be doing what he should do. But R2 you know? spent too much time with Anakin, though. And Ahsoka. Yeah. And everyone. But, yeah, it's and easier Rex. for me to like 3PO, um, just because, yeah, 
He he feels more human to me. I understand his role. Um, he behaves more in an expected way. And it also makes sense for him to behave in the way that he does because of his programming. R2 isn't really programmed to do the stuff that he ends up doing. I mean, he is like a free-thinking robot. And the explanation for that is, oh, they never erased his memory. But I just feel like that's not a very good explanation. That's kind of BS. When he is having, very clearly, in order for him to do all of this, he must be having like a complicated thought process. And it's easier for me to subscribe to the thought like 3PO can have a more complex thought process because of the nature of droid he is. But R2 is just meant to open doors and shit. Like, anyway, maybe I'm right, my, inter- my internet's races. back. Is, uh, is Anna hating on R2 again? Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's all right. You have, a, you have a lot of good opinions. You're allowed to have bad ones as well. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> this is an R2-D2 stand podcast. No, it's all right. It's, uh, it's just funny because uh, I I kind of, I'm with you on like all of the droid sentient stuff. I caught the end of it. Um, but I will point out that R2 is, at least has like a lot of memory capacity because he navigates. He calculates yeah. hyperspace he's a co- stuff. He's Anakin's co-pilot. So at the very least, he's got a lot of space. I think the point they're making is that he's been filling up that space with like experiential learning. But it's all, it's not very well articulated, and you're, you're pointing out all the correct sort of plot holes, not plot holes, but like lore holes in droid stuff. Eventually somebody will write, like, the first great droid Star Wars story, but I'm not sure we've gotten it yet. There were some Lego droids things. I think, no, we're not watching those. Go uh, on, no, Hannah. <laughs> we are not. Um... I would love to, like, for someone to, you know how, um, well, I don't know, but I would love, like, a textbook. I would love for someone to write a book about droids, and, like, here is what they are, and here is how they function. Uh, there was one, but all the, uh, all the lore is outdated. It's from, like, 2000, it's from when I was, like, a kid kid, like, around the same time I was watching this, uh, uh, Clone Wars for the first time. Yeah, no longer canon, but like it was getting contradicted by some of the even some of the newer newer legend stuff. By the time it was done, it's an old book. Do you think um, that Disney Plus is going to be adding? It's called a Droid Story. I don't remember if it's three PO and R two D two, but it's going to be as part of their like added Star Wars universe stuff. Yeah, the old uh, they they made an old Droids cartoon in like possibly the late eighties. Like our early '90s, and uh, it's gonna yeah, like they put the old uh, 2D Clone Wars and the uh, the Ewok movies, um, yeah. which means nothing to you, Anna. But uh, I was just watching that last night. Say, actually, yeah. <laughs> I should watch the Ewok movies. They, but like, I honestly think that would be a fun extra podcast Ewoks. episode. Yeah. You were making your point about um, Jango Fett's helmet. Oh, I I just they reused the helmet model from the uh, Death Watch arc, so it's painted wrong. And it bugs me. Um, and so I've always thought he used a different helmet as bait, and oh, Mace Windu was wrong. Um, that, but, because, but, I mean, painted the same, because Mace Windu is a smart yeah. person and can deduce from logic. Yeah. Okay, that but makes also, a lot like, more sense. I, it would also work better for me because it is blown in half. Like, I'm, it, 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 couldn't, it might not necessarily be, like, a genuine Mandalorian helmet. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know, I... It's it's not a huge detail, but yes, Anna's right that Boba will go on to wear what is always tradition. As soon as long as as soon as they introduced Jango, it became it was like oh yeah, he's wearing his father's armor, um, 
when he grows up. But, he's just going to get a paint job. Yeah. It's showing on the slave one right now, just waiting for him to be big enough to fit into it. Yeah, this Aura Singh is an irresponsible driver. Aura Singh. Um, I found she's it really, fun. I found she's it really interesting fun. that her chronological introduction was kind of not, well, maybe not like fully chronological introduction, but like in the first arc that we chronologically see her, she is Hondo's ex. It's, yeah. yeah. That was, I love Hondo too. <laughs> yeah, I love Hondo's stories. Hondo's great. <laughs> I do love how Hondo sort of came to the <laughs> came to the don't stick your dick in crazy conclusion <laughs> after dating her, <laughs> which is funny because he's nuts. But uh, I was going to talk about <laughs> I so that these the Boba Fett Aura Singh mentor twisted mentor student relationship was always something I enjoyed because of these old like middle grade books like middle grade chapter books uh, from like when they made Attack of the Clones um, b- before Revenge of the Sith so like early 2000 stuff that just happened to be in my uh, school library um, and they they're long since non-canon but they originated the Boba and Aura Singh sort of her taking oh. orphaned Boba under her wing and they were fun I'm sure they were bad but like I enjoyed them when I uh, was was the correct age for it, and so I've always enjoyed that Clone Wars adapted it and yeah. uh, put it on screen in oh, like in sort a, of even even more of a twisted way than in the in the in the books. Uh, before I forget, uh, we have seen Orsing before. She was watching Anakin's pod race in Phantom Menace. She's an ascended extra. She just yep. looked cool, so she she's like a uh, Ala Sakura, where Ala Sakura was developed for the comics, and George Lucas was like, "Wow, what a neat hot blue lady," and put her in the movie, mm-hmm. and so now she became a and then she became like a real character. Um, and Aura Singh is a similar like she's a cool design. Let's do stories with her. Uh, ever since Phantom Menace, she's uh, voiced by. Some somebody fun too. I can't remember who. I will look it up. She Clone like Wars has like though, huh? she predates her by nearly fifteen years, but she does look like Widowmaker. Um, they it's funny they make she's so lanky. She's so long. I'm looking at like now a, a picture of the the real human who played her in the background, and she's just kind of, in Clone Wars. Her arms are just so long. Yeah, she's I, a. I really- I really liked her dynamic with Boba. I feel like that was such a weird... Like, I can't tell... I I don't know. I thought she really cared about him. But she ends up just kind of leaving him, right? She just, like, ditches him. Yeah, I think it is implied that she never really cared about him. But also, you could feel a little spark of like, uh, let me. But it was not. Let Have me take let care the of this kid. Continue, you know. Yeah, but it, it still wasn't like I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of this kid and make sure he's all right. It's I'm gonna mold him into a ruthless bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like, what would have happened if Boba was left with someone else? Like, if Mace Windu like actually took him in after he killed Django, or if even Hondo took. I was just thinking about Hondo differently. Yeah, there will be there will be another episode way later in the series that puts Hondo with another child, and based on that, I think Hondo would have uh, been a great mentor for Boba, and he still might have ended up a a bounty hunter, but he wouldn't have he would I think might have been able to get through some of his anger here because he did they evacuated, but he killed an entire cruiser. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was also I I love that crash scene. Uh, and the crashed Jedi cruiser is one of my favorite sets, like set pieces of yeah. of the series. It's 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 dangerous and fun, and they really animate it well. Oh, also, uh, this will sort of 
This is uh, the return of Plo Koon's clone battalion, the Wolf Pack, and they've repainted their armor. So they, I'm like, I got excited because we we see them really for the first time in action. They're they'll. Because Dave Filoni, the director, he loves Plo Koon, so he keeps putting him in the series, so they become re- recurring clone characters. It's so awesome. Oh, my God. That's so funny, actually. Oh. Yeah. I love it when oh he God. and Ahsoka, like, work together. Yeah. This was... So when, when, light, when... I was talking to Calvin about this before recording, but the... I forgot that Lightsaber Lost was the first time that Ahsoka goes into the underworld because I, I really love her and Plo Koon going, like, bar hopping for information in their dumb ponchos. Yeah. We hate ponchos in Star Wars, side note. Do we? Really? I no. like them. They're everywhere. Like you think. Yeah, I don't like Jedi Fallen Order for, for the ponchos. I, I love Jedi Fallen Order. I don't like the ponchos in Jedi Fallen Order. I never wear the ponchos. I was thinking about Jedi Fallen Order because of the Crash Robot Cruiser also, because that is a set piece that features in Jedi Fallen Order. So yeah. that was in my but brain. Ponchos, ponchos are a time-honored tradition. It's a video game, Anna. Um, a video uh, game that we can maybe do a bonus episode on later. But it's uh, it's highly spoilers. So. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great to not. Um. um. But. Uh, yeah, ponchos are a time-honored Star Wars tradition. If you are a hero in Star Wars, likely likely you're getting a poncho at some point. At some you point. wear a poncho. Yep. Anakin got his in the uh, terribly animated R2 episode from season one. Ahsoka has actually gotten a poncho upgrade from that episode. Right, right. It's the, uh, it's the poncho of heroism. It's the Excalibur of Star Wars is the poncho, not a yeah. lightsaber. This, these, this set of episodes really made me not like Mace. That was the one thing. Oh yeah. Like, I, I can't get over the fact. Well, when Boba was talking to him at the end, he was like, "I, I can't forgive you for killing my dad." And Mace was like, "You're gonna have to." What a shitty thing to say. Um. And then just shoots him off to prison after that too. Yeah, like you are a Jedi. You're meant to have compassion, um, and care for people, and not take things so personally. I guess. And he should have been understanding that, like, yeah, of, co- of course what Boba did was wrong. Of course. But he's hurt because the one person, literally the one person that cared about him, that loved him and took care of him, was murdered in front of his eyes. You know, like murdered right in front of him. Um, and the fact that, and, and he's a child. Boba is no different from any other kid. Like, he's just a little kid. Um, well, his kill count's a lot higher than most children. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's not his. <laughs> no, I I agree with you, and it's a it's an interesting way of seeing how the uh, the uh, the cracks in the Jedi. We we've been discussing the ideology of the Jedi, but this is definitely one of the ways where they did not live up to their ideals. No, um, and it's also an interesting thing where I think this gets brought up later in the series, but the Jedi don't have like exclusive jurisdiction over the war and like the republic army stuff so i think he gets sent to jail like if he had if he had killed mace windu the jedi would be able to take him into custody and uh, presume they could throw him in their own jail but they could also do sort of jedi stuff with him because he attacked the army army cruiser he ends up in republic jail 
and that will sort of become an, that will become the divide between the Republic and the Jedi. They're pretty well aligned right now, and Mace Windu was clearly okay with him going to 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 sort of normal prison. But it was something I noticed uh, that was interesting because, like, yeah, he did. He's not going to learn. It's it's like a sort of it's about it's not. It was sort of all this series is about him or this series, this arc is about him sort of working through his feelings about Mace Windu through uh, attempted murder. But then he doesn't even, like, he sort of gets closure, but he's still mad, and then he's going to prison and he's not going to learn anything. Like, it's it's yeah. it's su- super reductive and doesn't gain doesn't gain anybody anything. Sorry, what did you say? Weird. Mace Windu is just a super weird character. Like, he gets yes. a decent amount of screen time here and there. But he doesn't feel fully fleshed out. Like, in, the, in that last episode that we were talking about, he, he's, like, super anti-kid. Um, like, he's probably, like, the most, you know, one of the Jedi who acts like in general out of all of them. Like, they are in a war, and I feel like Mace takes that role to the most extreme. Oh, yeah, I mean, even when he's Which, talking about, like, R2 versus R8, um, when and it's R2 hilarious. was beeping vehemently at R8, um... It's hilarious because he has the line that sort of defines the fact that the Jedi are miscast. He in a, in Attack of the Clones, he's the one who says we're we're peacekeepers, not soldiers, and it continually gets brought up again. I think Barris cites it even as like specifically a Mace Windu quote a few episodes back, and like I think it's I think the answer is inconsistent writing. Um, I think he's an easy scapegoat for sort of the Jedi bad guy, but also he's Sam Jackson. He's got the purple lightsaber and he's cool, and they. They never want to lose that factor of him, but like they never want to lose the fact that he's the coolest Jedi. And so when they make him a dick, it sort of seems like, why are you a dick? But then when they make him cool, it's like, but wait, I just saw you being an asshole to a child five minutes ago. Yeah, that is kind of inconsistent. You're right. It, it makes him hard to dislike, but now I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I can, I don't know if this, I don't know if he can come back from this. <laughs> this was bad. This was very bad. Um, and then we go to, I'm gonna go to Mandalore again. Again, yeah. Really quickly, right, right after. We we um, like to uh, we like seeing Padme and Satine have battles. Yeah. In uh, so good. In real so time, good. there was like a, a year in real time and a great many episodes between uh, this original Mandalore arc and this one. But in 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 chronological order, we're we're back there in a flash, which yeah. I actually think is nice. But yeah, you you were talking last time about how much you liked Padme and how much you liked Satine. And then the show gifted you an episode with both of them. It was good. I really loved that they were fighting. I really loved that they were just like, Clone Wars was just like hashtag girl boss this episode. <laughs> you know? Um, this yeah, was sort I- of, this podcast episode really is sort of the, the Clone Wars girl boss that could be a through line between all this, yeah. except in ARC Troopers. Although Ventress is there, and they... For the first time in a long while. We'll talk about that later, but like... And they recut that deleted scene that Cartoon Network wouldn't let them show that I will also talk about in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, um, definitely back... girl, girl boss hours. Yeah, but Mandalore. What's to be said right. about corruption and the Academy? Uh, I, I think the Academy was a lot more interesting than Corruption. Mm-hmm. But, okay, okay, wait, Gabe and I were talking about this, how wild it was that, I mean, it is, like, this huge plot, right? This, like, huge, um, like, corruption within the government that starts with, like, the school juice. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we, we're just thinking, like, could you imagine if, like, the orange juice at your elementary school landed 
Biden in prison. I don't know, but like, it's a little simplified for children's TV. But like, sort of, that's how scandals get uncovered a lot. Is somebody? It, it's it's sort of somebody screws up at the bottom, and then somebody else investigates. Whether it's a journalist or a, a watchdog or something, and then they're like, "Wow, <laughs> we've actually got a lot of we got a lot of shit going on here." Um, and it's like it's like. This this I remember from back in the day. This is this will probably top most people's. This will be in the top five or bottom five Clone Wars episodes. Is corruption specifically? Um, I don't think that's fair. Uh, but ever not a lot of people liked it uh, back in the day. And the, the the school stuff is or the school tea stuff is is also often cited as a ridiculous thing. Yeah. But like I, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Was well, and we've we've entered a more. <laughs> We're we're we jumped the shark in IRL politics post the airing of this episode. So like a scan like this this is honestly a more serious scandal than several other real scandals that have happened in the past several years. Like in this one, there were there were kids getting hurt. I I thought of the Flint water crisis when it's not the same thing, but I was like this is sort of similar because and it it, it wasn't like. It wasn't because of it wasn't Satine's fault in the same way it would have been in a Flint allegory, but it still was corruption in the government. Mm-hmm. It was just also interesting to see how we often view corruption and like the gov- things that happen in the government as something that like doesn't affect us, like us little people. Um, and I yeah, that like it's it's cool white collar crime. <sighs> yeah, I thought that was something cool that like the corruption does affect the people it's gonna affect little kids um so i thought it was i thought it was actually really smart um but whatever people people are also sexist well and if we're being honest. yeah so i was gonna say is that it's satine a lot of star wars fans are sexist and satine was was at that point like only a few episodes in she wasn't uh she this was sort of the establishing of her as a recurring character I, I don't think the Padme Renaissance had come yet. I think we're we're well within it in the last couple of years. People, the, the Padme stands have definitely logged on, but uh, it, it yeah. So I, I it's it's always something I have in mind when I come back to this episode. But it, it most of the shit episodes that I remember from being a kid, I've I've enjoyed way more, except for uh, the, the downfall of a droid. I will not stop harping on that. <laughs> um. The Academy was funny to me because, well, first of all, Ahsoka, she's a professor all of a sudden. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, I was um, thinking, like, they're, like, the gauge gap there is literally, like, probably a year, two years max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we say Ahsoka's 15, using our once again tortured time estimates, uh, yeah. that will cause me to go gray by 35, but uh, the, these kids are 14, maybe? Tall fourteen-year-olds, yeah. early high schoolers. I, mean, I did. I love watching the uh, Clone Wars crew try to animate a new thing. This time it was teenagers. Corky has just. I, he he looks so much better later on. Corky is just the the way that his hair is animated is the so other weird. guy though with the white supremacist hairdo. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh my god, it was it was just so 
wild to me that they had one lesson on corruption by Ahsoka by another child, and then they were like, you know what? We're gonna break in. Like, we're gonna go find food because we're hungry. And then like, they successfully what? overthrow the prime minister. <laughs> they find the exact right person. Like they could have anyone else, but they find the one person that they need to. Yeah. Yeah. armor. Um. It was really, it was just crazy. It was obviously very stressful and things were happening and Satine and the government. But a lot of it was just like, oh, God, like these are kids. What is, what is happening? Um, yeah, it had a it, it had a very YA vibe. It had mm-hmm. a, yes, yes. Like in a way that Star Wars doesn't usually, Star Wars has overpowered children and teenagers, but it doesn't feel the same because they're not always, there's not a group of kids usually. Yeah. It's a mix of ages. Like Anakin is nine in Phantom Menace and he's like a, he's a like special child, but the whole rest of the cast is at the very least, like Padme's the, the second youngest and she's basically an adult the whole time. That's so um, weird when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Ages in Star Wars don't make a lot of sense. Everybody should be older than they are. Anakin yeah. is 20 like at this point. We're older than Anakin. Think about it. So, so okay, sorry. Stop I don't that. Want to spend too much Stop that. Um, but if you think about it, Padme has got to be like... Padme was 14, no, Anakin was 9. She's, like, she's 5 25. years older oh, than him. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought she was much older. Padme was 14, which again, doesn't make That's any sense, but is, is the canon age. Um, yeah, the elected queen. And in Attack of the No, so in in and in Attack of the Clones, in an Attack of the Clones, they say that she wasn't the youngest queen, or is that a deleted scene? It's canon though. Like she, they elected younger younger queens. Ah, whatever. There's so much cut out of. There's like thirty minutes cut off Naboo in uh, Attack of the Clones, and I've seen it all because it's on the DVD, but uh, I forget sometimes because. The lines are reused, so I forget what lines actually made it into the movie. Right. Um, um, and then we have Assassin. Oh, I really like this weird. episode. I really, that's surprising. I i was not a huge fan of this episode. It was fine. The, the I, like the, I like the Ahsoka Padme pairing. Yes. I like, I love visions. So I love, I yeah. love the, the introduction of like force visions. And like, I, I, I noticed that because um, I've been... I've recently started a Knights of the Old Republic playthrough, and like I, I noticed that like they, they could use the same kind of visiony animation, which I really liked. Yeah, there. I think I can't remember if Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith does it first, but it's a prequel invention. Is that sort of sort of on the outside, circle-y, yeah. almost anime lines kind of vision? <laughs> I I think I just don't understand the force yet well yeah that's the thing is that like i've not had the force explained it again this other force thing was like (laughs) great (laughs) so this uh yeah the reason i like it is because it's it's the implementation of my favorite one of my favorite force lines from empire strikes back uh when this is very nicely explained to you the audience and we are torturing you by not letting you get to it for yeah uh, most of the podcast. Um, and so like, I think that that is a, that is a big hangup for, for you and like for, for stuff, force based stuff is because Clone Wars were, and the prequels will rarely explain it. They don't have the time. I, this is, I think also my favorite Padme outfit, the yellow one she wears. 
Um, or Padme my favorite. So good. My favorite uh, Clone Wars Padme outfit, certainly. Yeah. Um, also, Alderaan. Alderaan was so beautiful in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: They uh, some of the background characters are animated to look like Luke, Leia, and uh, older Obi Wan from the original Star Wars movie. I, and I they look the like Leia crap. Like, Whoa! They're terrible. <laughs> I should. They were setting down. Pay better attention. Leia's theme goosebumps. I heard that. Yeah. When the, when yeah. Well, that that's interesting too. Like, yeah, because because in Clone Wars they don't use the original movie themes. They use them like maybe under twenty times in the whole series, and yeah. I think it it was. And the most of the time they're just doing the Force theme, uh, or like, I mean, technically the Imperial main March, technically yeah. yeah, Imperial March when Anakin is evil, but the the main theme at the beginning doesn't count because they've remixed it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's in a different time signature. I remember watching behind the scenes stuff about this but it's hilarious because I can't read music and I know nothing about it so I'm just like oh, I love soundtracks but this means nothing to me <laughs> yeah um okay okay we got someone in the background I love her oh, oh interesting what yeah. were you gonna say Anna can we can we talk about ARC troopers now or are we yeah we can talk about ARC troopers okay the Mandalore episodes are great I love Padme okay I love Satine so, ARC troopers, <laughs> they were, um, what the, what the heck is the old, uh, 99? 99. Yeah. They yeah. gave 99 a little too much screen time. There was a point where Gabe and I were like, oh, he's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he yeah. had, uh, he had Doctor Who, like, one-off character syndrome in this episode, where you're like, ah, uh, you've had, you've had too much screen time and we've really never seen you before. Your, uh, your end is near. Well, and they kept being like, you can help, 99. And he's like, I don't know if I can. They were like, yeah. And then when he was like, oh, I'll go do this thing. I was like, motherfucker's no. gonna go die. You're such a I, for that. It was so sad, though, when they told him that Heavy died at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, oh, that was tragic. That was absolutely yeah. tragic. Pulled out the Heavy metal. Like, that, that's something that really, like, struck me about watching this in chronological order is just how long yeah. it's been since 99 has seen the Domino Squad. That is now 501st. Yeah, so, and... That's an interesting thing, too, about airing order is that this originally aired back-to-back with Clone Cadets as the beginning two episodes of season three. So we saw the beginning of the Domino Squad and then Fives and Echo after post-Rookies when they've painted their armor and they've been in the war a while and Heavy's dead. Um, So, but yeah, it's like, oh shit, these guys. And now it's sad because we've sort of experienced the Clone War in real time and we know how long it's been. Yeah. Yeah. Why... It's also an interesting thing. Why Fives and Echo weren't in the deserter, I have no idea. That is a very... Hmm. Good point. It, um, answer, they yeah. were on the ship. Like, it, it, there's a really easy in-canon answer, but, like, I, I don't know why they didn't... Because They didn't deserter was, with the rest of the 501st. Yeah, and Deserter was like, we are doing recurring clones. Um, but, yeah. yeah, who knows. But, yeah, this is a, this is a big clone episode. I love, also, I love the, the squid ships. The the squid uh, submarine ships. The it's my I, thing. yeah. No, I, this is one of my favorite battle episodes because it's such a unique environment with the the water and the the stilt cities. I think pretty shortly after I watched Arc Troopers here with Anna, I went back to my house and I did watch those first two episodes of uh, Bad Batch that are out so far. 
And that was really interesting. Obviously, we can't really talk about it that much right now. Yeah. No, but it is. That was tons of fun. Yeah. From that episode into that batch. Well, and yeah, every time we go back to Camino, it's fascinating. Yeah, Camino is Camino pulls at the heartstrings, and I, I yeah. it's like such a weird place because on one hand, I love the clones. And I, I'm like, this is their home, and I love them, and I love them defending their home. But at the same time, it just, like, makes me think about... Yeah, the, the clone's perspective on Kamino. Yeah, the clone's perspective on Kamino as their home is really interesting, given everything else, every like, thing that's, like, thrown at the audience about Kamino and the Kaminoans and the situation in which they uh, raise the clones. Because I always find it striking that nobody... Except the ARC troopers, but they're clearly like brought in from the war. There are no, there is no painted armor on Camino. There is no, uh, there are no fun haircuts and tattoos on Camino. This is the clones um, at factory basic, like yeah. But even like yeah, so but the ones that are stationed there too are kept sort of. They're not allowed to express themselves, and I don't know if this is explicitly stated or is sort of just like something I've been internalized in stuff that's been in the lore for a while but the jedi are said to have encouraged the clones like to be individuals like they they don't mind them painting their armor they don't mind the haircuts they don't mind the tattoos um because the jedi encourage individuality to a certain degree (laughs) um and i always especially now that in the series we're seeing like that each division has painted armor each different clone division we see has different colors. Uh, so it's no longer just a budget thing of them replicating the basic clone model like it was in the early seasons. Yeah. So I'm like, I always am like, this is icky when we see stark white troopers. They, it's like scary, you know? I don't know why, but there's just something very like sinister about that. The like pristine, because the also it's pristine. Like all the other clones are, I don't want to say they're like dirty, but they all well, yeah, they are. They're battle worn outfits, and they're yeah, yeah. It's, it's they're no longer shinies. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. But but they literally have, I think, different like textures on the animation model. Like yeah. the there is a like the basic clone is a little bit battle worn, but like if Fives and Echo, their paint is scuffed. Like they, they painted their armor, and I'm sure they're very proud of it. But they uh, then are also going and messing it up. Um, the most, I think. So Ventress in this episode is super fun. Uh, it struck me how Ventress long it's been since so we've hot. seen her. Was she ever in yeah. season two at all? You know, uh, I can't remember. I'm not sure she was. Yeah. Because we we we. Sp- yeah, she wasn't... No, I don't... Even in the out-of-order... Like, I'm thinking of the broadcast season two, and yeah. certainly in the chronological order we've been doing, we've added some season three episodes she hasn't been in before this one. Because in this, she was in the basically the premiere episode of season three. But I don't yeah. think she was in season two. Season two was given, like, a Bounty Hunters subtitle, but then the war-focused episodes didn't have uh-huh. her in it either. Right. Um. So, yeah, I... And... But also, the, I bring up Ventress just for a fun fact. Uh, so that scene where she uh, fights that clone, the, the one of the ARC troopers, and then stabs him and kisses him, 
Cartoon Network saw that in the original broadcast and said absolutely not and ordered Lucasfilm to cut that. And so it was never broadcast, but it was on the DVD. It was on the DVD. And it's, it's, it cracks me up because Clone Wars is just like, we don't give a fuck. We're going to, this is a children's show. No, he he is dead. Basically, she is in the process of dying and she's going to kiss him. And then she flirts with Grievous and tells him there's nothing he can give her. She's so hot. Like, she's so <laughs> cool and sexy. I love yeah. Ventress. Like, she's, a, she's on my desk. She's a boring villain. Um, <laughs> and Ventress, yes, she's so cool. Everything about her is cool. And um, she's probably my favorite. She is. She's my favorite villain in Clone Wars. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'd love to see, like, I, I really want Clone Wars to be, like, extra girl boss and have, like, Satine Padme Ventress episode. <laughs> Yeah, we just well, well. that girl boss. I, does that ever happen? No, that that doesn't no, ever happen. A, we will. A, I will. Di- I can promise you more. A different girl boss trio happens. Um, yes, we can get a. Uh, okay. All right, we we will be getting uh, more Ventress. I think in the next no two podcast episodes from now. Yeah. Big Ventress, big Ventress uh, story. So that'll be good Ventress. for you. But yeah, no, this is. I'm trying to remember. I always think of this, of ARC Troopers, as, like, adapted from something, but I don't think it is. Um, I, I think they just had a Battle of Kamino in in the uh, in Legends. Um, and I think it actually had similar similar stuff. It was in a comic uh, before the series was made. And I think that the, like, genome conflict, where they were, she was trying to steal Jango Fett's gene template, I think that still might have been the goal. Right. And that's why I think it that is also a, a sort of screwed up Camino thing. Isn't that <laughs> it's like, like freaky though? Yeah. Oh right. You were talking about how it's intellectual property, right? Was that you? I said that on the last or was podcast that you episode. Last time? Okay, right, right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wasn't smart enough. Well, and I said that in advance. I said that while thinking about this, because I was like, I remember I distinctly remember her like pulling up his face, except it's the the generic clone face, which cracks me up. Uh-huh. Um, but like he, yeah, they, and it's like in a database of other gene types because the Caminoans, like they, they're established as cloners. They've done it before. They're pretty occupied right now with making this whole giant army, but like they do this as their thing. Yeah. That's so scary to think about. I wonder why they just want to use Django's genes instead of instead of like a combination of different ones. You know, part of that answer is part of that answer I think is spoilers. Spoilers. Part of that answer is okay. they think they've but they think they've perfected good soldiers with the the version of the clones that they're creating because they talk about how they're sort of programmed but also allowed to think creatively. Um, I think that's the first thing we learn about them in in, in Attack of the Clones is like they've modified the they've modified Django's DNA to create the perfect soldier. They think they have and the returns are working. Also, I think it just would yeah, it would and it, but it took them 10 years. Like they they didn't get they didn't get an army for 10 years and I I I, I don't know if this is ever... I think this is just something I assumed. I think I, I've always assumed that you can't accelerate growth too much. So if they had to start with a new template, they wouldn't have those soldiers ready for another 10 years. Whereas they've been yeah. uh, making... They have, like, sort of every successive year, a new batch of Django clones is ready. 
That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, if they're growing at like say like two times speed, like say that like I don't know, like Cody is like twenty four or something, you know, because like he's like roughly twelve years old. Yeah, but maybe he grows at like two times speed. That's yeah. That's roughly soldiers for a while. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's roughly, I think, how old the oldest clones are. Is like twelve years real time, twenty four, um, sort of in age. Because in Legends, it was a good few years. It was Attack of the Clones. No, it's all right. Attack of the Clones raises the possibility that Sifo-Dyas did it before the Battle of Naboo, which was 10 years prior to Attack of the Clones. So I think if we give him a little yeah. bit, because he, he, Obi-Wan thinks he died before the Battle of Naboo, which mean, but pretty shortly um, before Phantom Menace. So I think 11, 11 years before the war starts, and then we're about a year into the war. So 12 years is how old the oldest clone is. Still too young to be fighting. <laughs> Matches with what I'm remembering from the Plagueis book. Too, too, too young to be fighting, although the child soldier Ahsoka is 14. Um, although we've been seeing less of child soldier Ahsoka recently. Uh, she's been way more Jedi. Yeah. Thank you, Lightsaber Lost, for growing Ahsoka as a character. <laughs> the the dessert is a little weird when you think about it and think about how, like, that guy's twelve. Yeah, like but like for all intents and but wife. for all intents and purposes, he's twenty four. Like yeah. the only reason he's like twelve he is has in lived twelve years. Well, yes, the lived experience, but also he's got PTSD. He's a soldier with PTSD. <laughs> like he accidentally caught up on the lived experience real fast. Yeah. I also think that he didn't. I don't think he immediately was like, "Ooh, I've encountered this really hot pink lady." Wife. I think he got some life experience and then uh, settled down. Yeah. Well, (laughs) don't think about it too hard or else it'll feel weird. Yes. The title, Really Hot Pink Lady, Wife. Wife. (laughs) Um, Well, but that's, it was funny when I was watching Deserter, I'm like, why is she wearing that? But like, and I think it's also, I think it's sort of implied to be quite hot on Salukamai, but like, Clone Wars is just is <laughs> Clone Wars delivers for the, all of the everybody who's into women. <laughs> all of the gays are like yeah. That's why Anna Anna sees a whatever the new female character of the week is, and it's just like ooh. Ooh, I know. I really want to create like a a list like ranking all the girls that I like. Well, and we've we talked about this. Start seeming weird. And <laughs> that's how Facebook started. I'm not even joking. Facebook was originally a site to rate girls that Zuckerberg made. We can cut this out of the podcast, but uh, yes, no, on it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this isn't even controversial. I feel like this is in the Social Network, um, the film they made. Yeah. But Maybe no, uh, we talked about this though. We talked about this earlier when we were sort of dissecting how we felt about the early seasons animation style is that they figured out how to animate women faster in the style and stopped making them super harsh looking like even Ventress who is as stylized as it gets like doesn't look as like the shadows and the angles aren't as harsh on her as they are on like early Anakin and Obi-Wan or any of the random one-off dudes uh Argaius 
the blonde trader guy. Oh, yeah, from, right. from his hair. Right. Well, his hair is wild, but his face is also wild. <laughs> Forgot. I re- uh, yes, yes. Well, and, and also the kind of crappy, like, sort of Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan models from... Uh, that were just in the background in, in Assassin. Like, they just haven't sort of figured out the, the, the midpoint for stylizing guys. And they do get there, but it's just funny seeing, like, wow, does anybody look like that in real life versus all these sort of, like, slightly exaggerated women? I don't really have anything else to say about these episodes, but I did come up with something that, uh, that I've been calling... Palpatine in my mind, so I'm going to tell you it. It doesn't really okay. have anything to do. Um, I'm I intrigued. Him, I keep calling him Chancellor Palpatine. It's not very funny, but it's funny to me. <laughs> it's, it got a snort out of me. <laughs> so um, that <laughs> Palpatine. That feels like a that feels like a, a joke the clones made up in the barracks. Yeah. <laughs> like one of them is just like, guys, brothers. <laughs> I've come up with brothers. the funniest joke ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't remember. I know they do it in rookies, but the clones like have like pinup art, like soldiers in World War Two. Like yeah. they have. They got Twilight dancers on the wall. Yeah, and one of the Naboo yeah, handmaidens. And they're twelve. I remember one of <laughs> yeah. the clones. I remember one of the clones being like in uh, in Camino, being like like telling the story out about a girl. <laughs> oh yeah. It was like you've never met a girl. <laughs> Which was so good. It was just so fun. Yeah. Like, oh. we see you every single day, dude. <laughs> like, obviously. Honest, yeah. Like a slice. I don't. I don't know if I would like ever needed to be an episode, but like a a slice of like life little comic about like the clones growing up, just following clones growing up on Camino would be fun. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it is just you're talking to you every day of your life but you're slightly different and you think all of the other yous are more annoying and your bosses are Martians. True. They're not just like normal Martians though. They're like killers. Eugenicist Martians. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's, it always makes me uncomfortable with 99 that they like call him defective and make him clean up after everyone. Yeah. Especially given that like we also see that some of the clones don't treat him with respect, like in clone cadets. Um, but so like Heavy's nice to him and Fives and Echo are then nice to him. But like he, especially when it's implied that he names a decent amount of them. Uh, I. Poor 99. R- rip 99. They yeah. debut this uh this dramatic death music. Um, that'll that'll come up again. <laughs> That's all, all I right. have to say. Is there yeah. anything you had to say? All right. So join us next week when we jump around a lot. Uh, yeah, if, and if, just if you see thought, a lot of one-off episodes. If you thought this week's group of episodes was scattered, we have news for you. <laughs> this is the Season 3 Irregulars. Uh, season 3, Episode 4, Sphere of Influence. Season 3, Episode 8, Evil Plans. Season 1, Episode 22, Hostage Crisis. Then back to Season 3, Episode 9, 10, 11, Hunt for Zero, Heroes on Both Sides, and Pursuit of Peace. And then Season 2, Episode 15, Senate Murders. Hilariously, like, story and continuity-wise, they actually do all fit together nicely when we do them in this order. But it's, this is like sort of the, this is the last big block before I'd say the show really shifts. Yeah. Like, there's a shift after this group of episodes, and it, it like, almost feels like a different show. Uh, But we sort of just have to 
get through these. And they're all they're there's good episodes in here, but like this yeah. is sort of the last of the the scattered ones before we start going into the arc structure of like three parters, four parters. Amazing. Yeah, it's Thanks. a good set of. It gets good. We're getting we're, we're getting into the meat of Clone yeah, Wars now. Good. We're good. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot.